This is One in 36, a presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. One in 36 is a weekly show devoted to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And with me today is Dr. Kryn McLean, who is the CEO and founder of a wonderful company, very interesting company called Catapalo VR. So, um, Dr. McLean, thank you for being on the show and uh, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Eliza. I really appreciate being here. So we, um, we, received a demo at Anderson the other day um, from you and your colleague about uh, Catapalo VR. And it was interesting to us um, because we're always interested in sort of new initiatives, new opportunities, new technology for certain um, that uh, is designed in in many different ways to optimize the quality of life for, for people with autism, which is our mission, um, but people who are doing kind of interesting things in the field. So I got a little bit of a flavor for what this is um, through that demo, which um, which was great. But I wanted to invite you on the show just to share with a broader audience um, who you are, a little bit about yourself, and then, um, you know, let's get into talking about the VR system itself. So if you could start by just telling us your background, that'd be great. Yeah, that's it's a great. Thank you so much for the introduction. So first and foremost, I want to start with, and this is going to sound weird. We wouldn't be here without Anderson because my son's name is Anderson. I don't think I mentioned that to you. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, great name. Yeah, it's a great name. I agree. Uh, so I really got my start in entrepreneurship after I was terminated from my position when I came back from maternity leave. So I had been grinding away as a healthcare professional, licensed professional counselor in Pennsylvania, working up the ladder. And then to, you know, come back after such a momentous moment in our life where we were so excited to have our son Anderson and, you know, get back and really get in the swing of things just to find, you know, I was going to be um, eliminated from the job really launched me into entrepreneurship. And so that's really where I got my springboard of how can I be consistent to who I am, but also find a company I want to work for. And I really just couldn't find that in my area. So I decided to create it myself. And I started my first company, which is a behavioral healthcare company, much like Anderson on a much smaller scale. Mm -hmm. And, And from that, we were looking at different technologies and innovations and trying to figure out, man, how can we expand our service delivery in a way that's going to be safe and really enhance outcomes for children uh, who are autistic and help them transition into adulthood or at least make some sort of an impact? Because we didn't feel like we were cutting it with just traditional behavioral health care therapy. We felt like there had to be more. There had to be a better answer out there. So when we started looking again, we just couldn't find it. So we decided to create it ourselves. And ultimately, Catapalo became a branch of my first company. Um, and we're, we're furthering the mission there to really hone in and focus on on the technology that we're developing. Great. Thank you for that background. So interesting, you know, I I talk to a lot of different people on this podcast, many of whom are parents um, who've developed uh either you know program services employment opportunities businesses specifically to uh sort of motivated by the gaps that they see um when it comes to their own child uh or loved one in their family um with autism in a, in a similar way but not exactly the same i think um, i'm relating this to kind of with with a with a left turn that you didn't see coming in your in your um professional career you look 
and turned it into an opportunity. Um, so I think that, that, you know, it's, 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 it's always, um, I think it's always worth pointing out for people who are, might be feeling stuck or um, or like they, they don't really know what to do next, that there are things that you can do um, in a circumstance, whether it's, you know, um, receiving a diagnosis, uh, you know, for your young child and not really knowing what that means for the rest of your life, the rest of their lives, your family, um, or, or just a change in career or just, you know, something you didn't see coming. Um, there's often a silver lining if you can, if you can look for it and find it. Um, so you're, you're, uh, you were doing, um, mental health counseling. Is that what you said before? Yes. Yeah, so I was overseeing a, therapy program that also in Pennsylvania, we call it intensive behavioral health services, IBHS. So I was kind of teetering both programs at the time. I was doing a lot of psyche evals. We called them best practice evals back then. And, you know, really worked hand in hand with the autism department there. And that's when we decided to let's combine our forces. Let's Mm -hmm. not just be one flavor of a company, but we offer a wide range of services. And so that's really how we became a little bit more holistic and in our treatment approach. Um, And that's really how Catapala became born, where we were able to use that synergy that we had with our staff and really generate some neat ideas within the company. Very cool. And I was, I was looking for just the confirmation that you were coming from a place of having um, professional experience with um, people with autism and um, from that perspective and then bringing it into this field. So let's jump to um, Catapalo itself and Catapalo VR and, um, you know, on this, on this podcast, it's really all about me giving you the opportunity to talk about what you're doing and why should the people listening to this podcast pay attention, look further, ask for a demo, you know, so tell us what is it? Um, maybe how does it work? Who is it for? And, and why do you think it's filling a gap? Um, why would it be, you know, helpful? Yeah, so Catapalo VR, it's a virtual reality platform where we've created a variety of different modules to help either autistic or other mental uh, illnesses such as depression, anxiety, ADHD, things of that nature um, to just really help enhance your lives and learn skills in a safe yet realistic setting. And Mm -hmm. so our modules provide that opportunity to learn muscle memory skills for a task for example, I think we, we talked about like making mac and cheese. So it's something that we may take for granted as neurotypical. You just, you just make mac and cheese. But, mm-hmm. you know, as we know, we may need steps broken down into what we call a task analysis. And that's exactly right. what we do so that we can learn a task in a way that's just consistent and safe all in one shot and you know, the best part is you can do the modules as many times as you want and track your progress over time, see if you're learning the skill, and then you were able to generalize that into the real world. I love that. Um, I think there's, I mean, obviously there's been so many um, leaps in technology and the use of videos for educational purposes and, and, and training. I mean, I know in my own house, if one of us doesn't know exactly how to fix the refrigerator, we no longer look for the old, you know, right. uh, booklet that came with the fridge. You go on YouTube and you learn how to build a deck or fix a fridge or and sure. literally anything. So I think for the entire population, it's just become this incredibly useful tool but you combined um vr with it as well so you sort of have that you're in the moment you're you're connected and your actions have 
consequences when you're when you're in your modules. Um, and yes, you did talk about task analysis and um, and the example. One of the examples we looked at in our demo was mac and cheese. We also did some ADLs like washing hands. Um, one of my favorite ones was making an appointment at the doctor's office. It's one of my favorites too. Um, yeah. Because honestly, and you know, so many of this, so much of this would also be helpful to, to just about anybody. Many people get anxious about calling a dentist, calling a doctor. Um, I feel, I, I think that there, there's an entire generation of young adults who have grown up texting and the idea of getting on the phone with somebody is so overwhelming <laughs> that I think this would be useful for, for, for so many people. Um, I know that I believe you mentioned when you were doing the demo with us that uh, some of your modules are um, like an actual video of, of somebody's human arms, you know, like the, the hand washing one was you're, you're kind of there and you're watching somebody from their own perspective, I guess, uh, if I'm getting that right, wash their own hands. And some of them are more like um, almost more auditory where there might be a still picture of somebody answering the phone at a doctor's office. And then depending on what you say, it's going to lead to a different um, auditory response. So when this was being created, can you give us some insight into like the thought process of your developers and designers as to what they were choosing to do in certain ways and and why? Yeah, absolutely. So we love incorporating live action as much as possible, because I think that just gives such a more realistic setting of what it, what could be a potential for how things actually look. So the more we can shoot live, we certainly do. And then the ones that are a little bit less, you know, uh, having a conversation, for example, with that has predetermined outcomes, a live shoot might not be as maybe fluid or seem as real um, mm-hmm. because it wouldn't be very, it wouldn't be as candid. You know what I mean? So it's not yeah. as like we're having a conversation and we can go back and forth and we're reacting to each other as we say things. Um, so we, we wanted to have the design elements that were first and foremost consistent with really great graphics and you know, none of the blocky kind of stylistic from, you know, it's 2023 wanted it to be, to look really good, but we also (laughs) want it to be really good clinically. Mm -hmm. So we, we take down every single module and break out all the interventions. And each one has about, I think about five to seven different interventions that are woven into the modules so that they are fun, realistic, but they're also, you know, learning quite a bit out of that time that, that they're in the module. That came through really loud and clear. I thought what you showed us was very um, modern. It was quick. Um, it didn't have any sort of glitching or anything that would really turn somebody off. And I I got a sense that it could be used at home um, by an individual person or maybe a family member helping their child learn a skill or practice a skill, but also in classroom settings, special education classroom settings or or in adult programs. Um, really, it, it did not come across to me as like, quote unquote, little kid. Um, right. It also didn't come across to me as as though it wouldn't work for a younger child or a or maybe an adolescent or a teen. It just it, it seemed accessible and very friendly to sort of anybody who just wanted to practice that skill or um, or be introduced to a new one. 
That's exactly right. So I'm so glad that came off like that because that was truly my intention. So my six-year-old son, Anderson, he'll get in and he, he loves being the first tester for these, by the way. Yeah. He just perfect. Doors it. And he's, he's learning how to read this year, but last year he, he couldn't read yet. So he, but he was still able to do the modules. So that really gave me some insight that we nailed the visuals because this little guy who's, in kindergarten at the time, just kind of learning the ropes was still able to go through and score relatively high in mac and cheese and, you know, the chicken fingers and yeah. uh, things of that nature to the point where, you know, kind of fast forward. And I can't remember if I told you this on, um, you know, during our demo, but, you know, he does the modules as they become developed and he's, he's generalizing the skills. So my wife and I were sitting on the porch one day and he comes out with the veggie burger we had cooking in the air fryer. We're like, oh my goodness, what are you doing in the air fryer? You're, you're going to get burned. And he's like, no, I'm fine. I put on the oven mitt, just like your module said. I used the tongs. I, went in, <laughs> I grabbed it. And yes. then I gave it to Mama Teresa. So, yeah. the, but the best part is I'm driving him to school the next day. He's like, hey, you know how I got the veggie burger out? I'm like, yeah, that was really cool. You know, so glad that that. You didn't burn yourself, first of all, but glad that you learned that. He's like, yeah, I kind of have a confession, though. I dropped it on the floor, and then I still gave it to you guys. <laughs> so we missed a part in the module. So it's good yeah. to know. Like, well, hey, that's we what a good to- tester should do. At least, a great you know. test. And also, clearly, he's a, he's, a, he's a kid who tells the truth, which is always admirable. Um, very sweet. And that's a, great, um, that's a great place for us to pause. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to give out information about where people can go for more information. Um, and also, I have a couple of follow-up questions on uh, on future plans. So uh, this is 1 in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and we'll be right back. Okay, forest animals, today is a new day. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow. Yes? Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. Okay, river. Dude. How's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you hear? Cool. Who's asking? I am. Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect. I love my job. Uh, oak tree? Sup? Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like. Consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, turtle. Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Ugh, he's late every morning. You'd think he would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay. Squirrel. Has anybody seen Mr. Squirrel? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Medicaid and CHIP offer free or low-cost health coverage for children and teens. Hospital and doctor visits, prescriptions, shots, and more are covered. That's peace of mind for parents if a child is sick or gets injured. And parents may now be eligible for Medicaid, too, even if they've applied in the past. Enrollment is always open. Visit insurekidsnow.gov or call 1-877-KIDS-NOW. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. 
And now, 1 in 36 continues on 100.7 WHUD. This is a weekly community affairs program presented by the Anderson Center for Autism. Welcome back to 1 in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I'm talking today with Dr. Kryn McLean, who's the CEO and founder of a company called Catapalo VR. Um, and Kryn, you were just talking to us about, you know, some of your background and also how this, um, how this company came to be and, and what its intentions are. Um, I'd love to backtrack for one second and just uh, do two things. First of all, could you share a website or where you want people to go for more information? Yeah, absolutely. So if you'd like more information, please visit www.catapalo, which is C-A-T-A-P-A-L-L-O, VR for virtual reality.com. And you can schedule a demo. You can sign right up there, uh, fill out our form, and we'd be happy to show anybody. I know it can be hard to visualize what we're talking about on the podcast. So, yeah. um, you know, please check out the website. Our social medias are there too. We're trying to, you know, really showcase what's inside. We do have a, a YouTube channel to check out as well that shows some screenshots of the insides of the modules and we'll be developing some more video asks, you know, snippets of our modules as well so that you can get a feel for what we were talking about in terms of the visuals and, and how they work and interact. Great. Thank you. And we'll repeat that again at the end. And then when we post this, we'll, uh, we'll put that out there. Um, now I read on your website that there is a, there's a specific reason for, um, the name of your company. And I just was curious if you wanted to talk a little bit about, um, Catapalo and, and what, uh, what that means to you and your team. Sure. So when we were naming the company, we really wanted something that would symbolize a launch pad without it being incredibly obvious. So we started to really think about catapulting and, you know, things that would launch somebody. And we came across the Latin word catapalo and we just thought it had such a almost kind of in, new frontier kind of connotation to the the feel of the word. And that's what we really want to promote that we're this new technology exploring this frontier and really want to leverage what we can to, to help as many people as possible in a way that's new and, and hopefully effective. Thank you for that. I thought that was just very cool that there's um there's an additional meeting um, there and, and the idea of a launch pad is something that I think so many people can relate to because everybody's starting in a different place. And that brings me back to, you know, the demo that we saw. And, and I would encourage people to go to the website and check it out and go to the YouTube channel and see what we are talking about, because you're right. Um, it is hard to visualize on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my recollection is that there, there's sort of a starting point um, that's pretty consistent across all of the modules, just to sort of, it's almost like a warm up where you're like clicking on different things that you're, you're prompted to click on just to get the, feel for what this is going to be like and then you enter into the module um and and you nailed something really earlier that i want to repeat which is consistency one of the most well-known um facts that i think has been proven time and time again on by research and also just experience from families and and practitioners teachers etc and individuals on the spectrum is that one of the things that's very difficult is receiving instruction or or communication cues when tones are changing and facial expressions might be different or there's no eye contact or there is eye contact. And so the, you know, the world of sort of robotics and technology is really evolving. Um, and, and a, a great thing that we're seeing, I think, is this, this opportunity to deliver information and to allow for practice in a very consistent setting. So, um, 
on average, do you know how many times users might go in and, and practice a certain module repeatedly? Do you have those kinds of stats? Like what, you know, so share whatever you'd like to on that topic. I'm just curious. I, I know you did it intentionally, but we did. Um, yeah. what kind of feedback are you getting about that consistency? And, and is it helping people a lot? Yeah, absolutely. So much to your point, I think about even when practicing, we have bad days as clinicians, we just do. And, you know, whether that's personal or professional. So the one nice thing I do like about the virtual instructor that is in every single module is that you're right, there's a warm up, there's a nice welcome, hey, this is what to expect in our module. And um, so as we go, we did do it intentionally where we ran a six week program where we repeated the same three modules. And it was great to have that level of consistency because then we're seeing the retention, we're seeing the muscle memory being built because we're doing the same thing every single time. There's no deviation from it. Even if we started this podcast over again, it would inevitably come out a little bit differently. Sure. Even if we just hit the reset button right now. So, you know, it's really nice to have that consistency so you can build that muscle memory. And there, there's where the magic happens, where we're able to transfer those skills into the real world and then start to generalize them into other areas as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I think it's, you know, from what I saw, it was a really excellent tool very user-friendly, um, did not feel overwhelming, too much information. They're relatively short. You don't have to have an incredibly long attention span to be able to complete one, which the completion of modules is also really important for a lot of learners, that sense of accomplishment, as opposed to kind of that feeling of this is too long, I have to take a break. Um, I think you can take breaks, but it's, you know, I think ideally people want to feel like they did, they they finished something when they've started something. Um, but we also had an interesting conversation at the end about the population we serve at Anderson, which some of the modules that we we saw are kind of just even the number of steps or the starting point for some of them were things that would not relate so well to the people we serve, um, who are often um, really non-vocal communicators, or for example, would never be in a situation where they're independently calling a doctor to make a doctor's appointment. They but but they also would benefit from understanding what is happening while maybe their parent or their caregiver is calling a doctor to make an appointment on their behalf. So um so that was a really cool dialogue. Do you have any thoughts about um, you know, eventually moving in a direction or or being able to tweak any of the modules to um to reach a different population or, you know, that, that maybe is in a slightly different starting point point. Yeah, yeah. And we've given a lot of thought to that and from that conversation. And we started when we built the the modules, we wanted there always to be a selection from the participants. So I know it could be difficult if there was supposed to be a verbal answer, that would el- immediately eliminate your, your the, the ability for your population to use it. But like you said, now that there's like, well, at least they could understand, you know, oh, why is my mom giving my date of birth out to somebody right. or right you know, what it is anxiety that starts because i know they're calling the doctor and i can't exactly make the call myself but i'm still feeling it i'm still the patient you know that kind of thing absolutely and i think the emotion regulation modules which we, we didn't really get into could still benefit your patients where they're able to do deep breathing or progressive muscle relaxation or some of these other skills to help manage anxiety Great. could still be very beneficial to them. And if they have that receptive skills and I know we talked about, well, you know, maybe some of the prompts could be simplified. We can turn down the volume. You have the book to go along with it. You know what's happening in the module. So all mm-hmm. the details are there and at your disposal. And I think yeah. there's some ways we can definitely modify that. 
Well, I, I mean, it's exciting to me because I think there's a lot of space for, um, for this type of, of, um, you know, your company, the work that you're doing, the, the stuff your team is working on. And, and we're just about out of time, but I always want to give a, a couple last seconds here to, is there anything coming down the pike that you want to promote or anything that you're working on that you want people to stay tuned for in the future? Yes. Yeah, so we're really dedicated to building our module library right now. We're going to be dropping another 20 modules at the end of this month. And wow. yeah. And then I have another, uh, 20 plan for October. So we're going to be a, a quite a robust library and you have seen <laughs> different. Um, yeah, it was hard to choose. It, was- <laughs> it is, it can be. Um, so we do have exposure modules now. So if you have fear of dogs or fear of heights, oh, great. Um, so that, that kind of gets into something that we can all kind of experience. And like I had said too, we're, we're finishing up our um, emotion regulation series. So from mm-hmm. A to Z, how do we regulate that anxiety or depression and things of that nature? Awesome. So that's great. And and the place to go to find out more again is Catapalo VR. So C-A-T-A-P-A-L-L-O-V-R.com. Also check you out on uh, YouTube and social media. There's going to be a lot of information. And from what I saw the other day with the demo, I think the demos are well worth your time. Um, anybody listening who's interested in learning more and uh, definitely check out the new ones that are dropping the end of this month. So Dr. Kryn McLean, thank you so much for telling us about Catapalo VR and thank you for your um, time and your work in this area. It's great. Thank you so much. This is 1 in 36, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 36, a weekly presentation of the Anderson Center for Autism. Join them for another edition of the show at this time next weekend. 